0: Sir, I urge you not to leave this road. Excuse me. Please. Hunt is uniquely trained and highly motivated. A specialist without equal, immune to any countermeasures. There is no secret he cannot extract, no security he cannot breach, no person he cannot become. He has most likely anticipated this very conversation and is waiting to strike in whatever direction we move. Sir, Hunt is the living manifestation of destiny, and he has made you his mission. Hi, my name is Van, and you're listening to my daddy's podcast, The Morgan You Know.
1: I uh, love the show, and you should check out my buddy Rod Morgan's pod, The Morgan You Know, as I'm confident he's primed to make some waves on the scene.
2: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the Morgan You Know podcast. I am your host. My name is Rod Morgan. And joining me on this podcast is my co-host in life. And my co-host on this very episode is the Mrs. Morgan You Know, Kate Morgan. Kate, hello. Hello. Our mission, should we choose to accept it, is to rank the Mission Impossible movies in order from six to one. And notice I said from six to one. We will not be spoiling any of Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 in the beginning of the podcast. If you're going off to see that movie, stop the podcast near the end. We will give you a warning. The Mrs. Morgan you know and I will actually talk about that movie as a little special treat at the end. But at the beginning, me and let's just call him the A-team. There's only one person in the entire Morgan, you know, podcasting universe that has appeared on more podcasts than these three gentlemen. It is the intrepid producer of this and every other podcast we have on this network. It is James Jamriska. Jimmy, hello.
1: When you said Mission Impossible, I thought it was going to be having Chris eat dinner after 4 p.m., but no, it is ranking all of the movies. That's amazing, Rod.
2: Yeah, exactly. Funny how, you know, me, a Tom Cruise pop culture moment pulls me out and decides, hey, it's time to do another Morganino episode as if there isn't other Tom Cruise episodes on this very feed. Almost like I have an addiction, just like the old man has an addiction to Geritol. He's joining us from North Carolina. It's Chris King.
3: Geritol.
1: (laughs) That's a blast from the past
3: is it though for you is it
1: yeah the, the past is five minutes ago so i mean i'm pretty old
2: it's 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 been a while and speaking of a blast from the past our golf expert our guy who moved out to the desert but now he's back home in the hoosier state it's one of our favorites it's matt roberts mr roberts hello hello my friends are you excited to talk about mission impossible movies with us mr roberts be back on the podcast it's been a while
0: I am very excited, but I'm also nervous that I have to dodge all these shots fired at the beginning, just like a Mission Impossible uh, Ethan Hunt move. Nice. Look
2: at you. See, you're like an
0: old veteran already. And I'm surprised that you
2: are saying that you're not ready for shots because usually you are the first one to take a shot at Mr. King down there in North Carolina when you get your chance. Don't act like you're better than that. I've grown. (laughs) (laughs) I don't believe it. All right, so uh, we are all here together because we are going to try to rank the Mission Impossible movies from six all the way up until one. But the easiest thing about that is we all agree on what number six is. So we're actually going to have to fight between what's number five, four, three, two, and one. We'll get to that in a little bit, though. Let's start off the top with what kind of makes a mission impossible movie. Are there certain signposts that we need to get to? What are our favorite things of this movie? Take it any direction you'd like, Mr. King, when a
3: mission impossible movie is coming your way, what do you expect to see? So I remember the TV show. All right. Cause you guys know how old I am. And originally that's what you wanted in the movie was something out of that TV show. You wanted to be able to, to go into a movie, see and and. A situation where there is no way that anybody could ever succeed and then have them succeed. But that's changed in the course of it. And we can really thank your boy, Tom Cruise, Rod. Because one thing that I need in a Mission Impossible movie now is Tom Cruise running. (laughs) Much like
2: any Tom Cruise movie out there Mr. Roberts, when the Mission Impossible movies first came around Do you remember being excited? Did you have any connection to the TV show like Chris did? Or were you basically just like me and you're like Oh, this is a Tom Cruise movie, I'm going
0: um, I knew of the show, but I can't say I ever watched it or uh, knew anything of it. Really the thing that made me want to watch the movie, and this is so dumb, was the guy getting mad at the MTV host for not knowing who he was. And now I can't even think what his name was. He was in the show and he was like, you're here interviewing me. And I was in a show and you don't know it. And I was like, what's this movie? What's this Mission Impossible? And I watched you, it because, it, because it, of that. Was,
2: that. was that Jean Reno? Is that who happened to it no, at
0: the no, Movie Awards? It, it, no, it wasn't at the Movie Awards. It was at the premiere um it was a guy that was in the original tv show the older guy glasses
2: oh martin landau yes him see this is why i'm the podcast host you can bring up something that i had absolutely no idea you were going to talk about and i had some sort of kernel in the back of my mind there where i could pull martin landau's name for you
0: i appreciate that very much mrs morganino
2: what are you looking for when you see mission impossible in the title of the movie you were about to watch
4: I am looking for Tom Cruise to look 32 years old always, always just a consistent there. I completely agree with Chris about seeing him run. I've never seen anyone run that fast and I love it. And then all of these action sequences that could never possibly happen, yet he manages to achieve them with zero blood ever. Like there's never any blood on Tom Cruise, maybe some bruises, but nothing that's messing with this face. So these are the things I look forward to.
2: Chris, how about the exotic locales? That's a thing that is very clear, even in the first Mission Impossible, right? There's definitely differences between the first and the sixth, and we'll get to a couple of those here very, very soon. But what about the locales? Is that an important part for you?
3: Yeah, you are You have to have crazy, huge set pieces and, and throughout all the world, uh, whether you're going to be in uh, the Vatican in Rome or the Kremlin or... Uh, shanghai you know it it doesn't matter they're going to be huge set pieces they're going to be in beautiful locations even in number six the uh helicopter chase scene at the end that that area is a beautiful mountain range and a gorgeous valley it's just a beautiful scene and you need that to really show off how well these stunts are that they're doing
2: yeah, I like that you said action set pieces because that's definitely another big part of the Mission Impossible movies, right? We need some sort of a stunt, right? There's gonna be a motorcycle involved, there's gonna be some sort of a. there's gonna be a skydive probably, right? Somebody's gonna be hijacking an airplane, maybe. We're gonna be we're gonna be stealing cars, we're gonna be doing all kinds of stuff like that. But I believe it's awfully important to be somewhat high society right do we feel like that's another important part of the mission impossible movies mrs morgan you know, because it seems everywhere they're going right it's some sort of black tie affair it's a gala it's an opera house right do people have to be in suits and dresses for this movie to work
4: Yes, because I think a lot of the locales, like like Chris said, like are so significant and and they themselves call for a higher level of attire that I think that the clothing changes. And also all of the people are so good looking. I want to see them dressed up. Even if it is totally unrealistic that women would be in bare shoulders at the Vatican, you can't. Or or in India and in some of the dresses that they're wearing when they're in Mumbai, that's not gonna happen either. So it might not be realistic in those ways, but they're just leaning in.
2: Yeah, we I mean we're we're in Casablanca, Morocco. We are all over the place. We're in we're in Budapest. As Chris said, we have the we have the Kremlin we're into one time, the Vatican. We are all over the place in these Mission Impossible movies. I love it who are some of our things that we miss from the early days of the mission impossible movies, Chris, what do you miss that they used to do in the early movies that they don't do anymore?
3: So there's a little bit less actual espionage in the newer movies than you had like in, in, in the originals. Uh, and I get it. Like, you you get somebody like jj abrams that came in and really started to revamp the franchise it's all fast paced constantly moving forward constantly onto the next thing that's something that you didn't quite get of you had a little bit more spy stuff in, in those earlier films that you don't quite get now you just have big action quick little spy scenes moving on to the next scene usually with tom cruise running to that next scene.
2: Yeah. Jimmy in the, in the later ones that are more known by ghost protocol, rogue nation and fallout, we kind of just nuclear weapons are just sort of always kind of tacitly involved, right? He's always trying to stop somebody from getting nukes. Somebody wants to get nuked, so nukes and nukes going to go off. Right. And, Does that make them better in the later franchises? Or are you with Chris that you like the espionage that is definitely more on
1: display in the Brian De Palma first Mission Impossible? I like the espionage a little bit more. Uh, World domination, world destruction has been done a little bit. You know, it really has been. I think we can focus on uh, killing a lot less people than the entire world. Uh, Just maybe have maybe a country or something like that. I'm not sure.
4: Well, I think also that's what harkens back to the original TV show. Because for me, I watched that show religiously with my parents. That was something we watched when I when we were growing up. And it's what I loved about the first Mission Impossible so much is that there was a mystery to it. Like there was a mystery element, just like a really, really good story. And you're you miss a lot of... The storytelling, I think, is as these go along. I mean, in the third one, you have rabbit's foot, right? Like you don't even know what it is. Like they're just calling it something and it's never even denoted as anything actually like, oh, it's not identities. It's not nuclear weapons. It's none of those things. We're just going to call it rabbit's foot and just go with it.
2: Yeah, it's always not important what Ethan is going after It's more we know that he is earnestly going to go after it And Mr. Roberts, let me ask you this little side question That's not actually on the doc, but you're the perfect man to answer it Do you think you would fall for as many masks As everybody in the Mission Impossible movies do? Do you think that you would be just as gullible to these masks That makes IMF so famous?
0: I mean, I would assume If I'm in a situation where I'm going to be interrogated By someone with a mask Or fooled with someone with a mask I might look an extra couple times, but apparently these are the are God's greatest created masks in the history of man, and they seem to be working for what is it six almost seven movies now. So I mean, if they're getting the Prime Minister of the UK fooled by a mask, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm probably getting uh, getting duped.
2: Yeah, I love that you bring out the prime minister there, right? Like that's one time where they really let it be known to us that like this is the top level of mask making that's out there. If we can fool people at the MI6 for this big time gala that's going on, the prime minister himself is going to be there, right? Like these these masks are absolutely incredible at that point. Let's, um, let's move on to my one last question that I believe is a theme that runs all throughout all the Mission Impossible. This has not been brought up here. And Chris, I've gone to you first, but I still have to go to you first because you are a resident conspiracy theorist on this podcast. Is the franchise aided by the fact that the government is constantly against Ethan Hunt. They constantly do not believe him. They constantly forget about all of the good and all the times that he saved America, and he is constantly being put on the most wanted list, and people are chasing him. Is the franchise aided by this?
3: Um. Yes, because and you put this on the list and I I put a lot of thought into it it's definitely aided by the fact that the government doesn't trust him, disavows him constantly shuts down his team or the whole IMF because that makes these missions more impossible Rod you need more impossible stuff to get over more obstacles to get through And that's what you need. You need disavowment. You need ghost protocols. So you're on your own and you have to get by on your own wits and a little bit of luck.
2: I love that you bring up Ghost Protocol in there. Look at you. You were just those podcasting schools are just paying off left and right. I absolutely love it. Jimmy, I see what Chris is saying that the missions are made more impossible by the stakes that the government of all people is pursuing Ethan and his team. But I still think there's plenty of impossible things going on at every juncture. Like it just it sort of gets on my nerves that there is absolutely no memory whatsoever of all of the times Ethan Hunt has put his ass on the line for the great US
1: of A and all. The people in the yeah, world. it's almost like uh, he th- they're a rogue nation and there's going to be some fallout for some things. I just figured we're going to just <laughs> go with what Chris does uh, with everything there. But yeah, you know, the more I think about it, and I did put a lot of time in this too, Chris, and I'm glad we didn't see eye to eye on this one for a change. <laughs> How much does one man have to do to save the world? I mean, legitimately, you think he's going to just save it all these times? And well, this time he's going to be the bad guy. He's got to be a bad guy now. He's going to go to the other side just because you would go to the other other side doesn't mean that Ethan Hunt would. And I'm sorry, uh, I like it more. Let's you know, let's have the USA, let's have the government with Ethan, and then go some impossible missions that way. Uh, other than just the same old story over and over and over again.
2: Well, Mr. Roberts, let me pose it to you this way. In Missing Impossible 4, which you just wonderfully brought up there, the sequence with the Prime Minister, right? Alec Baldwin's character absolutely... Oh, excuse me. that This is five. Yeah, this is five. Alec Baldwin's character absolutely falls ass-backwards into saying that he saved the Prime Minister, stopped all of the rogue syndicate, and scored himself a promotion. How come this hasn't happened for Ethan Hunt any
0: time? <laughs> well, I, I kind of thought about this, too. This might be weird, but... There's always changing administrations. Somebody new is coming in that's in charge who, who knows what they know before they get there. They might not know Ethan Hunt was responsible for this, or then he does something and then somebody shoots you out of the back of a limo when they're trying to help you out. Um, There's always moving parts. And I think he's always just trying to prove himself uh, with a revolving cast of characters. So, You never know who's good or bad either, so that leaves a little bit of that mystery. Can you trust somebody? Can you not? Um, Yeah, I think it's good.
3: I I tell you what, too. uh, The secretary for the IMF is not a safe position to have. We've already seen two of the three get killed, so I don't know how much... There is as far as going from one administration to the next, as far as carryover, like Robert said, I doubt when, when a guy gets a bullet into the head, he's able to transfer that much information to the next guy.
4: That's a good point. I also think that there's an element of martyrdom to Tom Cruise in all of this. He's an executive producer. He needs to be a martyr to a certain extent because that's his character in real life, too. And I think he leans into it, into these movies, and it's always going to be a gimmick, and it's always going to be something that they work around because that's part of his storytelling process. It's not necessarily an affront to Tom Cruise, who I love, too. (laughs) But I think it's something worth pointing out.
2: Let's uh, let's shout out a few of the uh, supporting characters here that we love in the Mission Impossible universe before we finally get to the hard business of ranking the folks out because we have a lot of different actors and actresses that have populated their way in and out of the franchise i don't believe we're going to do an awful lot of talk about mission impossible 2 but i do want to shout out that it's kind of cool that sir anthony hopkins is somehow the head of the imf in mission impossible 2 and he has the great line this isn't mission difficult mr hunt this is mission impossible so i gotta shout out anthony hopkins because i don't think any other actor would have been able to pull that off so shout out to him as the director of the imf he's one of my personal favorites chris who how about you
3: i mean i'd be remiss if i didn't say benji simon Pegg. i've been a big fan of his for a long time he nails it he got a bit part in number three because he was friends with jj abrams through star wars and next thing you know he's getting a recurring role and he's been integral in ethan hunt's team in every movie since what do you think Roberts you you were looked a little upset when I mentioned uh Benji Well I mean he's I would
0: say most of our first round draft picks, so I was a little mad I didn't get asked first but I mean I I'll never not you know love on Luther. He's so fun to be around you know he's gonna take care of you he's good with the joke, he's gentle, he's just a a big tough, monstrous teddy bear.
2: They've made a couple of inside jokes occasionally in the Mission Impossible movies, right? Like we have in 6 where Cruz and Cavill and the guy are having the showdown in the bathroom and those dudes are singing, you've lost that love and feeling in French as they're walking out, right? <laughs> Do we think we're going to get a Luther stickle, we have the meats line in Mission <laughs> Impossible Dead Wrecking 1? That would be incredible, right?
4: Yeah, that could that could maybe happen. I, I would love that. Also, since like in the sixth one, he was definitely a, a lot meatier himself, <laughs> so it would play into it.
2: Most definitely, Jimmy. How about you? Who's a who's a secondary cast uh, cast member
1: you want to shout out that has populated one of these? Man, six I might movies. go tertiary on this one. I um, there's been so many good ones. You know, I'm going to go Carrie Russell. Her character in Mission Impossible two, uh, three. Sorry. See, they all run together. I you know I don't know, Great. but I loved her character badass kind of out of nowhere really weren't expecting it some stuff happens unfortunately that's okay but i just thought she had a really really good um just a great cameo in that in that uh, mission impossible
4: i loved that too it was good re-watching these and going back and seeing her and i think also another one of my favorite characters from my favorite villain is Se- no the question Se- Hoffman. i think he's so good oh i mean he was great in everything he ever did but like as a villain just deadpan he was well
1: like, and he was he was the epitome of evil too there was no good in him you know i didn't i couldn't feel the good in him he was just an evil evil human being and i loved every second of it which will probably come out in my voting later
0: do you think it was weird for him to play tom
1: cruise playing him yes but he is such a great actor that he pulled that off fantastically.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, Mission Impossible 3 is
2: one of those that, like, if you go back and watch it, you realize you're like, man, this is all right. I'm, I'm so glad that they got back on the franchise here and it set us up for so much of where we were going to go. It's interesting that that's directed by Brad Bird, guy who's a little bit more famous out in the Hollywood circles for his uh, animation work with uh, The Incredibles and Pixar and things of that nature. But well-directed by him and for... Alright, let's get to the business of trying to rank these movies out, okay? I kind of teased at it at the beginning. John Woo is a famous action director. I'm sure he has directed a ton of movies that Chris loves because Chris loves those kinds of martial arts and Eastern uh, eastern Asian action films, but John Woo did a big swing and a miss on Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible 2 is number six
3: with a bullet, and I don't believe anybody here wants to argue any differently, correct? Yeah, I can't argue with that those those fight scenes were just awful and no one believed Tom Cruise as a karate expert sorry
2: yeah and then uh, Gray Scott also just not incredibly great right Sandy Newton tried her hardest to have some uh, some charisma with Tom Cruise but that's incredibly hard because you know as we've talked about before Tom Cruise is way more asexual than he is anything else so Sandy Newton tried her hardest but yeah Mission Impossible 2 is absolutely number six Mr. Roberts you now get the business of starting out the difficult stuff. In your opinion, what would you rank at number five as we move up the list?
0: I mean, you know, you were just talking about it, but like I would put number three there. Um, it was okay. It's just, yeah, I don't have a, I don't really have a great reason for it, but that's probably out of the other, what I would put last of what's left.
2: Let's break three down this way, though, right, by just action sequences, right? I mean, we have the great let's get Carrie Russell out of captivity scene, right? We have Ethan has to get killed by his wife, right? We have the absolute slam bang shootout on the bridge to escape Philip Seymour Hoffman out of custody. You know what I mean? like. That movie grabs a hold of you and does not stop. Jimmy, I'm interested. You're interested in your thoughts on three
1: being the Yeah, five. I had this a lot higher on my list just because it did kind of get us back to where we needed to go. I love the performance of Philip Seymour Hoff. I just love that so much. I thought the intensity of that bathroom scene where they had to get that get the voice modulator working was was really good. I thought the Kerry Russell aspect was was good in that as well. I just think that. I just think that that was even the party. I love the party at the beginning where he's like, "Yeah, you know, I I, I do traffic patterns. and We can see da 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 da." And it was like, "Wow, this guy's you know something cool." Um, The uh, I I don't know. I just thought that was a little bit higher because it was kind of more of the the first the, the first third of the Mission Impossible. I don't know. I, I can be swayed, but I kind of thought that was a little bit higher on my list.
4: I agree with you, Jimmy. And I also I think it's also worth noting that the third one is the most chemistry I've ever seen Tom Cruise have with a woman ever on screen. and and with with the woman, who is it the Moynihan? what's Michelle. her? Michelle Moynihan who plays his wife. It's the most chemistry I've ever seen. It's the most kissing I've ever seen him actually do on screen too, but it's Philip Seymour Hoffman. It's Kerry Russell. It's good storytelling. I really enjoyed number three, but I also in the, in the same breath have a hard time going, okay, what, what is, how does this list go? Like, so I'm kind of with Roberts in that vein too. All
2: right. I'll make another suggestion. I could be convinced to put mission impossible Ghost Protocol at four, Absolutely at five. I could be convinced. Not. I really could because I'll tell you Absolutely. this. I would say that one needs to be higher because it's the first and it establishes so much of the canon. And then I think that five and six are far superior to four. So I'm not
1: saying that I'm sold to it has to be five. I'm just saying I could listen to a world See, where it is. No,
4: that's silly.
1: Talk. See, it's tough. Well, yeah, so we're, tough. we're saying they're all good movies, I think. So That that's that's number one. That's a good Except thing. two. two. But you get the yeah. hell out of here. Um, I think... See, I think five is of six, and four is the less good of those. Okay,
2: okay. So you're so you're going for rogue nation here, right? Where we're just kind of we're picking up off a little
1: bit of Ghost Protocol, and we're really just setting up Ghost. You've got, I mean, that tower scene or that uh, Dubai stuff is nuts. You know, Burj Khalifa. I don't know, Roberts. What's going on, man?
0: That was, I like that I like the Burj Cleaver thing, that was super cool But, I mean I didn't know, first off, I was going to get put on the spot To put this one and this one I thought we were <laughs> going to talk a little better So, uh, thanks for that I was that.
2: talking it out, I just was getting your first
0: vote what, I why I put mine out kinda, Where I kind of get it is I probably rank like one A little higher than most So Out of what's left, I really like The last three better than I liked three Okay. And I kind of like one somewhere in between the new 3, so that was <laughs> that was kind of my reasoning.
3: All right, Chris, let's get your thoughts here. Okay, number 5 is the first Mission Impossible. Let me give you a few reasons why. All right. One, it's it the the tech was good at the time. But some but some of that is pretty much dated i mean no one ever had the 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 big bold face internet access on their dial up or anything else like that ever um number two no one could ever tell me that john boy and that hot girl had a real relationship between each other that was completely unbelievable and i never bought that for a second the setup was real funky at the beginning it had some of that espionage that I like, but I thought I really thought it missed the mark on a lot of stuff. All right. I hear I hear your arguments about one and those
2: are valid, but I want to argue those somewhere else. I don't believe you're gonna get much groundswell to have support for one at five, right? Everybody's voting down putting one at five, correct? Yeah, correct. All right.
3: I just don't want three correct. at Second. five
2: either. All right. Well listen, this is where the rubber meets the road at this point then. We've got to figure out are we putting three here? Are
3: we putting one here, or are we putting five here, I guess? I, I, I think there is three of us that want num- Mission Impossible 3 higher than number five. So I think I think at this point in time, we're looking at Ghost Protocol, which you said, or Rogue Nation. I think I think I can be swayed that it's Rogue Nation.
2: I have Rogue here? Nation
1: at five. I, I'm happy to get my way. <laughs> Uh-huh. Robert's. Can I, was, I was i was clearly
0: out i was clearly outvoted and i'm okay roberts with feels attacked so, right now roberts
1: you're not you're a good man you are i, you I, I don't feel attacked like. this was this was a fair election. No, i was attacking you sorry you should feel it. <laughs> <laughs> so then we go
2: we go mission impossible two at six we go mission impossible fallout at five and now we move on to number four and it's not fallout mission. Oh, out. excuse me Rogue Nation. Rogue Nation look I'm doing it I'm supposed to be the Tom Cruise expert on this podcast and I'm doing it all right so Mission Impossible 2 which is just MI2 and then we have Rogue Nation which is MI5 those are your lists so far at six and five at four sounds like the candidates are one three. and three right are we guessing are we trying to fight between one and three here Jimmy Are we putting four and six at the top of the list? I guess that's what we're asking ourselves. Man,
1: the pet, I'll
2: fight
4: for four to be at the top of the list.
2: The top, top of the list. Yes. Wow.
4: Yeah, four is my favorite, and here's why. Because, yes, you have the Burge Cleveland, alike. That's an amazing scene. But you have so many action sequences in that movie, and it's the first time you really see the tech game has been upped. That's when you see the contact lenses making an appearance. You see, um, hold on, what else? Oh, the hologram at the Kremlin. That's the first time you see anything like that. The suction gloves, the floating suit for Jeremy Renner. Like the technology is really upped in four, and I think it still holds up. Actually, re- recently rewatching this, so I fight for four to be a little bit. Is higher.
1: Wolf Blitzer in four? Just asking questions. Okay, I, that's what I thought. Six. Okay. <laughs> That's right. It is Wolf Blitzer in
2: six. Yeah. Okay. There's there's a lot of because, yeah, the sequence in Mumbai is awfully cool, right? The party scene is definitely there's lots of fun going on there. We get a straight up car chase. So, yeah. Okay. Ghost protocol all the way up near the top. Jimmy, it sounds like maybe we're looking at one here at at four. Is that what it looks
1: like? I think so. I I do have a soft spot for one, but, you know, as Chris did say, you know, seeing, you know, writing password in the Internet Explorer search bar is, I mean, come on, let's, even for back then, that was pretty bad, but I don't know. I think it's still kind of fun to watch. Yeah, I. I but I do like three a lot more than, than one, so I would probably put one at number four overall. This is easy, by the way, saying one is four and four is one. Very easy to understand. Good job, everybody.
4: I know. I've been getting super confused this whole time, too. Like, what do you think, Matt? Do you think that you could put one before three on on how it's ranked
0: like i would put one before three you would okay. like lower yeah. on the list just, or higher like yeah lower yeah. on the list like i like one better than i That's like what three I thought. okay yeah there's just something about that one the semi-cheesiness of it um the exploding gum um I'm not gonna lie. The scene when he dropped down like Spider-Man man. and was hanging there, at the time, I was just like, "Holy fucking shit, man! He is just like on the road." Excuse my language. Uh, I know this is usually family friendly. Well, it is now. It's okay, it's Tom Cruise gets people excited. Uh, yeah, that was. I put one above three.
4: And that scene is still representative for what the franchise is. Like, you say Mission Impossible to anybody, and they think of that scene of floating in that vault.
0: right? And then, like, drop a sweat falls off, and you're yeah. like, no crap. Yeah, I was sucked in. So four? So are we
2: doing, or I mean, are we doing three at see? four here, You see yeah, what I'm, I'm saying? Up here.
3: Okay, no. Oh. We're gonna do oh, Mission Impossible One.
2: Oh, oh. for- <laughs> <Well>, my <pastor.
1: laughs>
3: Run! We're doing Mission Impossible One at number four. I don't, I don't agree with that. Okay, I'm gonna have to do a hard sell on Mission Impossible Three because that was the top of my list. I want to tell you guys list. right now. It's top of and my, my list. Three- and my three was top of my list for a, for a multitude of reasons. Number one, this is by far the coldest of cold, cold, cold openings of a mission impossible movie. And you get to see the best acting Tom Cruise has ever really done. He goes through all the stages of the grief in that countdown to 10 before he thinks his wife is being shot in the head by Philip Seymour Hoffman. It is a cold opening and you see Every little grimace His face is bloodied We talked about him not taking shots to the face He is beat up in that scene That movie then Shows you why He is like that Because you see how his life was He had moved on He is trying to train he's trying to get out of being the mission guy And next thing you know You have this badass scene with Carrie Russell And then he loses her And so now he gets sucked back in it's, it's not your typical big stunt movie necessarily like you see now, but it has a whole lot more emotion. It has a whole lot more story. It has a whole lot more of Tom Cruise running than any other Mission Impossible. Uh, you have high-tech plus low-tech he uses a pendulum to break into a rooftop in shanghai and (laughs) right (laughs) i mean and and they don't even show you what he does inside the building the movie is so good they don't have to show you (laughs) stuff that tom cruise is doing okay all right right, one thing though (laughs) just to argue that they don't even need to tell you what they're looking after. They just call it the rabbit's foot. It's a MacGuffin. There's, it really could be anything your imagination desires. Which is a big Did an exploding
0: people propel him from a helicopter onto the back of a train?
2: True. 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 Did that, like, happen? Did that happen in three or in one? That was in one. That was oh, in one.
0: one. Yeah. Case closed. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah. No no that was some of the worst cgi stunts they've gotten so much better with practical stunts come
2: on we're not going to hold that against it 96 chris we're not going to do that mrs morgan you know here's the important question are you with jimmy and chris that three is higher on the list than four because it sounds like roberts and i are here with that four and it's up to you no you just made it no three is higher than one
4: Three is higher than one.
2: Correct. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. But we're putting it. We're putting it in at fourth on the list. Correct. That's what I meant to say. We're. Pu- I want This
1: I wanna might be the worst idea. Because ever. if you said, Mrs. Morgan, you know, three is higher than four, she's going to punch you.
4: <laughs> yeah. So. Um, I think Roberts I think you made a really good argument I do I really do but Chris's argument I think might have been a little bit better and I enjoyed personally three more than I did one so I'm gonna go with so our running list from worst to best at this point is two at the bottom five all right second worst then we're at three or I'm sorry one then three
2: so we're we're putting three then at number three. Three makes three, and then we only have two and one to figure out. Yes. All right. Sounds fair to me. So now I guess we're trying to decide between Ghost Protocol and Mi3 for the top of the list. Am I right?
1: MI6. Am I? It's
4: Mi6. It's gross. It's Ghost Protocol, which would be four or the sixth.
1: Which one Which is Fallout.
4: Which is the most recent one. Mm-hmm. So those are the two we're at as the as. One or two.
1: This is the greatest podcast we've ever done for both content and humor. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. This is fantastic. We should have gone A, B, C, D. That would have even been better. Hey, Chris, we put uh, Mission Impossible 3 at number 3 overall. Um, We're not going to win this one, bud. It ranks higher than one, though, Chris. You got it. Okay.
4: It ranks higher than one. That's as far
2: as As it
3: should. You know, number one was number one was number
2: five on my list. That's great. So now we need to decide what's two and what's number one. We've heard some arguments for a few movies at the top. Now we just need to figure out what the runner up is and wrap this thing up because everybody's told me this is the worst podcast we've done and everybody's confused. So let's just get out of here.
4: What do you prefer more, babe? Six or four? Ghost Protocol or the most recent
2: one? I think you have to make a strong argument for Ghost Protocol being number one at this point. It rebooted the series, came out a number of years after Mission Impossible 3. Tom Cruise's career was a little bit on the downswing. It gave us so many of the characters that we we liked were back and proved that they needed to stick around. Your Simon Pegg, your Ving Rhames... Right, five and six are almost of one together, but we've already split them up. So I think you should probably put Ghost Protocol at the top, Jimmy. What do you think? Yeah,
1: Redder was Ghost Protocol was this first one too, right? Yeah. yeah, I really I think just just the scene the 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 awesome uh, set pieces that they had in that were just amazing, and really climbing on the, the climbing itself was just heart wrenching the, the entire time. I couldn't handle it.
4: The other piece is I think the team worked the best in that movie out of all of them. I don't know the actress's name, but w- who played alongside Jeremy Renner and Tom Cruise. Patton. They were wonderful together. I really liked that team dynamic and everything that they did. Um, So that was the best team sequence. And then also, side note, when I was desperate to go into labor with Van, was so ready to give birth, my mom told me, hey, you guys should go see this new Mission Impossible movie. Like, I swear it'll get it going. Eight hours later, later, I was in labor. So, I mean.
3: Oh, wow. (laughs) That's awesome.
0: That sounds biased. Uh, That might
2: be. Correct. I also. I also have another strict rule, Mr. Roberts, and I think you know about this rule. Anytime there is a prison break, that Uh, piece of art is going to be elevated near the top. So we we have a Russian prison break at the beginning of this movie. So, I mean, I just think that's another reason why Ghost Protocol gets put up the top here. We also have Sawyer. From Lost, right? Like that was another little thing at yep. play here in Ghost Protocol, right? Like we all heard Jeremy Renner was being put into this movie because they were going to then continue Mission Impossible with him at the front. And Tom Cruise is like, No, 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 no. We're not gonna do that. And then they also put in Sawyer because he was the hot guy from Lost and he was another agent, but then he died right at the beginning. It was Tom Cruise further proving his dominance in the Mission Impossible world and at the box office. So I say Ghost
3: Protocol. When I saw Sawyer get shot at the beginning of that movie, I really thought there was a good chance I'd see Jeremy Renner get shot too. Yeah. Jimmy, are we are we set? Is it
2: Fallout 2, Ghost Pro one, or do you have more to say? No, I think
1: that's it. Even though he did beat Superman in Fallout Um, The Wolf Blitzer CNN whole thing was amazing. Loved it. It's even better when you think that they had to go through all that and all the technology they have. They can't get into a phone. That's okay. Uh, It was still kind of a fun little... uh, You know, Apple's got that security down tight. They sure do.
4: Did Superman come out before or after it was before,
1: before. he was he was re- he was yeah. filming Justice League uh, reshoots and he had the mustache and in Justice League he had to, they had to CGI out the mustache for the Superman which is why his face yeah. looks oh stupid. You spend a bunch of extra money on Justice League that's so right.
4: yeah this was a purposeful move on Tom Cruise's part two
1: oh, 100% there's no question that's the only reason he got the job <laughs> All right, let me ask one other quick question now because we're talking about Fallout here. Are
2: we all a little bit bummed out that we lost Alec Baldwin? Are we all a little bit bummed out that we lost Alec Baldwin Always. at six? Anytime. Did we?
1: Yeah, a little bit, yeah.
2: I guess that's true, Jimmy. We Could be a, mask, sure situation, a right, mask situation, right, Roberts? <laughs> mask
1: situation. They are the best
0: masks ever made. <laughs> <laughs> Unless, did he, did he get shot in the face? Because the one time, they, you know, if you don't have a face, you can't make a mask. That's so, right.
1: That comes into play uh, in Fallout as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, masks. That was my takeaway of the whole series.
1: You're masks. not wrong. That's like more-
0: I on my notes. It's in like like letters this big that like you can't see this. It's we probably this would have been better served
2: if we just talked about our favorite masks from this movie than trying to rank them the way that did. <laughs> well,
3: and that was the one, that's that one on. thing that they've kept true from the TV show as well. They used a lot of masks in the TV show. That was one of the things they did. There, that, was an, that was an incredible old man take by you right out of there at the end.
2: I didn't. I didn't ask. you pay me for. I didn't ask this at the beginning, but we're, Mrs. Morgan, you know, and I are going to do a little wrap up of the new movie for you here in a couple of minutes. What are you boys hoping to see in this new one? What's something they could add to the Mission Impossible franchise that you think would be a added benefit, Roberts? You,
0: I don't want to give it like the full Dark Knight treatment, but I'd like a cool like story. Like it's great to watch Tom Cruise run. And I only mention that because I'm the only person I think that hasn't said anything about him running yet. So I wanted to make sure I got that in. Um, (laughs) I think Tom's got some chops and and this has been a good run with this series. I'd like to see a really good story. And then I want to see cars launching into the air. And he jumps out and lands on his back and like shoots somebody with a motorcycle as a helicopter goes by and he throws a grenade in and then the helicopter falls on like the cocaine truck and it blows up and then everybody's happy.
2: Are you looking for an appearance from
0: Cocaine Bear in this movie? Because I would not be against that either. You never know what can happen. I mean, it, it sounds impossible, but it could.
2: Mrs. know, how about you? What's something you'd hope they would add to the Mission Impossible franchise at this point?
4: I totally agree with Roberts on the storytelling. I think that if we had a really excellent, more of an espionage tilt that leans back to the, the first one into the series itself and less of the rabbit's foot or whatever this nuclear arm is, um, and, and we had a, more of a story, I think that's what I miss.
2: Jimmy Jam, did you come up with a specific actor's name by chance that should be in a Mission Impossible movie before they stop these or just a uh, a, a plot gimmick?
1: No, it was a plot gimmick. I want kind of what uh, Mrs. Morgan, you know, said as well. I want something that is specific to a certain region that will do a lot of harm, but not a global killer. We don't need that anymore. So
2: you do not want what we call a global killer. Nothing will survive. Not even bacteria. You do not want a Billy Bob Thornton situation from Armageddon. Yeah, is what damn saying, right, right. I don't. Cause I could, cause you could convince me that Truman, Billy Bob's character from Armageddon could just come into this movie and somehow be the new director of IMF. And that would just be absolutely awesome. Like, give me, so Billy. So I guess Bob that's Thornton.
1: answering your question. Billy Bob Thornton is the new director of IMF. Yep.
2: I got, I have, I have any, even better answer, but Chris, I'll let you go. <laughs>
3: I mean, in Fallout, they were about ready to try to wipe out a third of the world's population. So, I mean, I guess that's not technically a world killer, but pretty close. I don't know what they're going to do. I do know I'm tired of nuclear weapons and trying to defuse those. Um, We've had, what, three movies with nukes. We've had two movies with lists of people or or a ledger of some sort. So like get something a little bit different in there. I do like where they've been going with the syndicate. I hope they do develop that and they become more of a real threat than some, terrorist for hire network type thing that they try to do in Fallout. So hopefully something better with the syndicate. All right. Those are all wonderful things
2: to add to the franchise. But here's what they really need to do. Ethan Hunt in space. Okay. You can't get outdone by Dominic Toretto and his family at this point. They took the Fast and the Furious franchise into space. Let's go. Put Ethan on a rocket. He's buddies with Elon Musk anyway. He wants to film a movie in space. Let's go ethan hunt disabling a satellite and then floating across the cosmos a la
3: sandra bullock in gravity let's make it happen really good call that was that's right on brand for rod too because fast and the furious went to space and so now his other favorite franchise has to go to space really and maverick Aver- <laughs> almost really went to really space too. Said that to
2: the people chris you really are old and you didn't hear me say those exact words
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was that was on on my mind it H- has to be space and one way shape or form I don't know. I don't know how, but it has to. It'll be, be a suit
1: that he wears to fly into space, though. That'll it, it, he will be the only person on Earth that can do it. And they'll maybe be able one of those big helium balloons. Got to go to the space station. He needs to fly up there and help things out. Go to Mars. <laughs> And there's a knock list up there that has a bunch of bank accounts that
2: are funding an international terrorist syndicate that says to make a training camp on Uranus. That's what we're doing. We're going, the training camp is going to be on Uranus. It's the only way to have it not be detected by Ethan Hunt. There you have it. We did our best to try to rank the movies for you. Jimmy, do you have the final list since we did nothing but confuse everybody while we were arguing and debating these around? Do you have the final list for the people as the producer of this podcast? Bring some more.
1: Mission Impossible 2 was number six overall. Had a terrific opening segment and nothing else after that. (laughs) Number five was Rogue Nation. Number four was Mission Impossible 1. I know Robert's uh, His heart's hurt a little bit on that. Number three was Mission Impossible 3. See, that was easy for Chris and I uh, there. Number two was Mission Impossible Fallout. And number one, the best Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol.
2: There you have it. Contact us on our many social media platforms, on Facebook, on Twitter. Let us know what you agree with the list. Let us know that Chris's takes are absolutely insane like they always are. We love hearing that from the people out in the world. We... We have wrestling episodes for you available on this very feed. We have football preview shows that are going to begin to take form on Balls & Brew, the sports arm of this podcasting network. The handicapper, the football expert, Josh Williams, is coming back to the podcast soon. Jimmy, we can confirm that for the
1: people, can we? Yes, he is ready. He has mapped out our next, like, nine shows, I think. So, get ready for some stats. Get ready for some callbacks. Get ready for some referee notes. We've got it for you. All you need to do is listen.
2: Absolutely. And remember, stick around for just a minute here on the other side. Jimmy will provide us a little bit of a break. And Mrs. Morgan, you know, and I will break down Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning 1. Chris, Mr. Roberts, thank you, gentlemen, as well for all of your input this evening. We appreciate your appearances here on the
3: network. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Love you, guys.
2: Hello, Rod and Kate, back with you. We are back home here in the Morgan, you know, studios. We have just returned from our local cinema and we enjoyed ourselves some Mission Impossible Part 7, aka Dead Reckoning Part 1. I enjoyed myself. I'm going to turn it over to the Mrs. Morgan, you know, and have her give you her initial thoughts.
4: I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I think that the... Uh, train scene toward the end is one of the best most action-packed sequences we've seen in any of the Mission Impossible movies. Uh, I don't think that that's shown in very much detail in the trailer. Uh, The piece that is shown in the trailer with Ethan jumping off of the cliff on the motorcycle is worth every second of that, and it leads into the train scene. Uh, But loved Ethan Hunt, loved Tom Cruise. He was exceptional. Uh, The team was great. Uh, The the additional characters uh, added a lot to this movie, A little espionage, not as much as we had initially hoped for. And uh, instead of being referred to as the rabbit's foot, we have the entity uh, this time around, um, which I think we'll get into a little bit more in the second half of Dead Reckoning, which is due out next summer.
2: Yeah, I don't want to give away too much of the uh, the MacGuffin, as it were, the thing that we're after. I would just say... Technology and tech has been such a huge part of the Mission Impossible movies, and so it kind of only makes sense where we begin to turn here in seven. Kate mentioned it. The team is back together. Luther Stickle, Benji Dunn, Ving Rhames, Simon Pegg, they're back together. We have Rebecca Ferguson back as Isla Faust she uh, she plays a pretty integral role there in the beginning we even get another return vanessa kirby is back as the white widow we enjoyed her work in mission Impo- mission impossible six fallout she is back so good stuff out of her and then we have some uh we have some assorted bad guys but maybe not bad guys it's really it's really hard for us to define for you all the different sides in this movie without giving it away but kate let's talk about Gabriel, what can we say about Gabriel without giving too much away?
4: He has a past with Ethan. We are still trying to discern exactly what that past is, whether Gabriel was the good guy and Ethan may have been the bad guy. They allude to 30 years ago, a couple flashback scenes uh, and, and what that might look like. But I, I, I can't. I do think it's safe to say that he's not a great, good guy. Right, like no. I, because you see that uh, throughout the entire film, um, so he's not necessarily someone you root for in this movie, but well acted, and he's a lot of fun to watch. He's also pretty good with a knife.
2: Late career resurgent for Isai Morales, right? I mean, come on, we all remember his work as Bob Richie Valens's older brother in La Bamba, right? Trace it. This shit's freehand. You know what I mean? Like Bob, good to see Isai Morales back. I, I thought he had an odd choice for a villain, but he uh, he pulls it off quite well. I think the previews have sort of given away that he's somebody that's, that Tom Cruise is his foe. But that's the other great thing about the Mission Impossible movies. We have so many different sides that are all at play, and we even have another return. Hopefully, you have gone back and watched the prior back catalog the way the Moses Morgan you know, and I have, because we all remember Kittrich. From Mission Impossible 1, Ethan's first boss, the great Henry Cherney, is back in this one, and uh, I was happy to see him back, right? I like when we get a lot of the old gang back in the movies, because 2 and 3, we got so far afield, and we brought us back home in 4, 5, and 6. A lot of those people return, and then to see somebody come back from the 1... Tied a nice thread in it for me. I don't know how you felt.
4: Yeah, I liked it too because there are a few others that you don't see in this movie. You do not see Jeremy Renner in this film. You do not see Angela Bassett, although there is a photo of her on the wall, so you can assume that she is still the secretary, but she is not in this. I heard there were a lot of snafus in uh involving the pandemic uh, and filming, so that could be why those those characters were left out. But yeah, it was good to see somebody from the first film make an appearance.
2: Angela Bassett's still currently filming 911 on Fox, <laughs> and I'm sure that she's getting huge checks for being on that show. So she was probably held down to that set a little more than she was able to get there for mission impossible. So she's missed because who doesn't love Angela Bassett, but we also get Carrie Ells, right. Robin hood, men in tights, the babysitter saw good to see Carrie Ells dusted off as well and put into a big, huge movie like this. And then there's one other new actress and I'm going to do my best to try to pronounce her name here. The Mrs. Morgan, you and you tell me if you think I do any good. I think her name is Pom Clemente.
4: I would say Clementine or Clementine.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's a, she's a French actress and she, uh, she seems like she's been in some action movies before. She seems to be, she's uh, very good. she seems to be quite handy on her feet with the kicks and the punches and the jumping and the running and all of the things that are essential in a mission impossible movie. There's one other new addition to the movie and I will turn it to the Mrs. Morgan, you know, to decide how to describe this person.
4: A rather significant role in the movie. Uh, Haley Atwell plays uh the character Grace in this film. Uh and you know, I think it's it's the the familiar trope of is she on Ethan's side? Is she not? Is there a love interest? Is there not? Uh, inevitably, he's going to try to rescue her, regardless. Uh, but she has she's an interesting character in in some of her prior criminal activity um, that that I think makes her more intriguing than some of the others in the past. So, it enjoyed her quite a bit, and she also makes the train scene at the very end even more enjoyable.
2: Yes, the train scene. And Mrs. Morgan, you know, wants to make sure that you guys do not go get more popcorn or a refill or the bathroom the minute the Orient Express starts chugging along on the tracks. So I know.
4: Orient Express on my bucket list, too. Like, I would love it. But nothing good seems to happen there ever. <laughs> never. Never.
2: We had a murder on the Orient Express before. And, yes, Grace fits a familiar trope for Ethan, right? We have Isla Faust. She kind of looks one way, right? Then we have Ethan's wife in the third one. She comes back in the sixth one. She kind of looks one way. And Grace definitely falls into that uh that brunette, right? That uh that always seems to be uh catching Ethan's eye. He just can't he just can't help himself when there's an attractive brunette in his in his much like me. I can't help myself when there's an attractive brunette in my sights.
4: <laughs> but I think overall, a lot of good stuff that you've seen um in in previous Mission Impossibles that make it enjoyable, the things that we talked about in the first uh, segment of this podcast. Uh, And, and I think, you know, even more action packed sequences uh, that are, that are exciting. And I think gets us more excited for the final installment uh, next summer. Also, if you see it in theaters, you will see a little sort of like introduction by Tom Cruise today. And, He's aged a little bit like he's he has he is actually aged. He doesn't look like the 32 year old that you're used to seeing. Um, Still gorgeous, though, and still thankful to him for making these movies.
2: Yeah, there's also some scenes, too, because we always know that Tom does his own stunt. So there's also some scenes, too, where you see what's going on on top of his head and you're kind of like. What is this? Is this a rug? Is this computer? Are these plugs? Like what exactly is happening up here with this? Like there's it's multiple colors at times. You know what I mean? Like there's there's a lot going on with the hair on the 60-year-old head of one Tommy Cruise. But it was a fun 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 movie. I had a great time. I recommend everybody go see it. Absolutely go see it in theaters. And yes, the only time that I Jump scared in my seat was that introduction by Tom Chris at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> when he came on, I looked over to Morgan, Morgan, Mrs. Morgan, you know, and said, oh, my goodness.
4: And I would say also, like, if you have kids over the age of 10, 11, take them to, we took Van and a friend and went with another friend of ours and had a really good time. Um, and the kids really enjoyed it. So I'd say it's definitely, you know, I mean, you're going to get your violence, but the, the chases and the, the action sequences, they make it. So enjoy it with the family, too.
2: And uh, we made numerous jokes about Tom Cruise running in the beginning of this podcast, and clearly he runs numerous times in this movie, too, because he definitely does. And here's what I'll say. They already let you know when you go in that this is Dead Reckoning Part One. Okay, so I think we all kind of understand that there's going to be a bit of a cliffhanger. But what I will say is they give you a little bit of a bow, right? You feel okay walking away from the end of this movie, knowing full well there's going to be a second part, but you at least feel okay walking away from this movie. It's not a complete edge of your seat cliffhanger. You're pissed off at the end of it the way Fast X was. And Mrs. Morgan needed to see Fast X, so she can't back me up on that. But any of you out there who have, you know what I'm talking <laughs> about. Fast X all of a sudden just ends, and you're like, what? I paid theater prices and sat here for this, and you didn't even warn me this was going to be a part one? So that doesn't happen here. You get, you get a bit of a resolution, but still we clearly have to finish the story and Dead Reckoning Part 2, which will be out next summer. So there you have it. A little non-spoiler wrap-up of the movie tacked on here to the end of our Mission Impossible discussion. I love me some Tom Cruise. Thank you, Tom, for continuing to make movies in Iowa. We'll continue to podcast about you as long as you continue to make movies. So thank you, my friend. And thank you, Mrs. Morganino, for buying the tickets and going to the movies with me.
4: I had a great time. Tommy, you're, you're good shit. <laughs> and, and I'm glad we have you. I really am. I enjoy your movies thoroughly.
2: And until next time, that's the Morganino. You know.